Welcome again to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, and this is your SummerSlam 2020 pay-per-view review. And as I mentioned on the last podcast, this was almost my last chance. This was going to be the last chance for WWE Network this weekend. Literally, the last chance. I was so disgusted with the horror show at Extreme Rules, especially with the Seth Rollins-Rey Mysterio match, and especially the Asuka and Sasha Banks match. I've avoided Raw and SmackDown television. I have followed them via the internet. I have read up on reviews. I have read up on what's been happening on each of the shows. And I didn't have a whole lot of expectations going into this. I was hoping it was good. I was hoping it was going to be good. And guess what? WWE actually delivered here. And it's SummerSlam. It took place at the Amway Center. The Thunderdome, as they like to call it. And it kicked off with Apollo Crews versus MVP for the United States Championship. Lashley and Benjamin were both banned from ringside. This was just a basic match here. Nothing too special. Cruz is able to retain after countering the playmaker into a toss powerbomb. Immediately following the match, Lashley and Benjamin run up the ramp to try to attack Cruz, but Cruz escapes. And this is not the end of the rivalry, as we found out. It's going to be Lashley versus Apollo Cruz at Payback. I'm going to give this match a B-. Typical kickoff show match. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Pretty much a TV-level match. Nice to see Cruz retain, though. Then we get the show kicked off proper with Bailey defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Asuka. And Sasha is ringside. I love the submission stuff here between Bailey and Asuka throughout this match. I loved it when Asuka, when Bailey countered Asuka's uh, missile drop kick with a knee bar. I liked it when Asuka countered Bailey's elbow with an arm bar, or actually an Asuka lock. Both were really good. Fun submission battle here, actually. I was kind of surprised Bailey went with the submission-based uh, attack. Asuka also hit a nasty DDT here, jumping off the steps and hitting a DDT on Bailey. That was pretty darn cool during this match. But the big thing that happened late in the match was Banks eating a kick from the from Asuka after a rope break. Bailey then rolled Asuka up for a two count. Asuka then goes for another running hip attack where she went for like three or four of these during the match. Bailey avoids it, but Sasha takes the bullet for Bailey. Then Bailey gets the inside cradle to get the win. I thought this match was good. I thought this match was good. It didn't blow me away, but it was pretty good. I like the top rope submission, not the top rope, but the submission counters by both Bailey and Oscar. Well, the top rope submission counters from Bailey and Oscar, where they hopped off the top rope, like I already mentioned. But hopefully. I was hoping they would pay, actually pay it off later on in the night with Bailey costing Sasha the title. Otherwise, I was thinking, what the heck are they doing? And I, the interference in this match makes sense. B grade for this one. Then we get KO joining commentary for the Raw Tag Team Championship match. It's Angel Garza and Andrade, accompanied by Zelina Vega, 
versus the Raw Tag Champs, the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. And they have a pretty solid tag team match. Zelina Vega gets involved late. She gets knocked off the apron. After a super kick by Garza, it hits Ford and then knocks Zelina off the apron. Uh, Garza then goes for a wing clipper attempt and Ford, not Ford, but Dawkins ends up getting tagged. He eats a spine buster because he's confused. He has no one to tag. Garza doesn't because Andrade is down on the floor checking on Zelina Vega, who is injured. Spinebuster Dawkins, like I said. And then he follows it up with a freaking ridiculous frog splash. Like, I think this is the highest anyone's ever gotten on a frog splash. It was ridiculous. He turns midair. It's ridiculous. You got to watch it. Ford is unbelievable. They retain after that. I thought this was a pretty solid tag match. Nothing blow, blow your mind good, but still, pretty good tag match. Nice to see the Street Profits retain, but this neat, this the issue I have with this is this needs to lead to complete dissension of this team because they've had issues forever now, and it hasn't led to them breaking up or anything. I don't know what's going on here, but... Hopefully it leads to something. I don't really understand KO's whole involvement on commentary. The only thing he was really there for was to make the announcement that he was going to have Aleister Black on the KO show, which I thought his involvement in this was kind of irrelevant. Then we get quite possibly the most personal feud of the evening, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville in a no DQ match where the loser will have to leave WWE. This was originally supposed to be a hair versus hair match, but DeVille's real-life stalker home invasion affected this. They don't want her having a... Well, her attorneys don't want her having a bald head uh, doing during these court hearings, which is completely understandable. Both her and Mandy were there during that home invasion. And I imagine that DeVille will be dealing with court hearings... And that's the reason why this got changed. And she definitely needs a mental break after the mental trauma that she probably just had to deal with. But this match was all right. I didn't think it was as great as some people thought it was. This was fine. There was some. There was a few awkward spots, especially Mandy with the table at one time. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. It was very physical. I didn't think it played up to the, sti- the stipulation as much as it could have. But still, very physical fight between the two. Mandy hits multiple uh, running knees on Sonya Deville. She hits her double underhook face buster, falls it up with a running knee to give her the win and have Sonya Deville leave WWE. We don't know how, for how long, but we'll see. I'm going to give it a B-. minus. This was all right. Physical and ugly as it's supposed to be, but I there was a point in the match where they had a table involved, and I'm a bit disappointed that it didn't really come into play more. All it was used for as a platform to slide chairs where Sonya Deville ducks them and doesn't get decapitated. And the awkward spots hurt it a little bit for me. So Mandy struggled with setting up the table, but I thought they did pretty good here. And another thing... 
I felt like they were moving a bit in slow motion at times. But still, I thought it was a fine match. Otis comes out to celebrate post-match, and it kind of was off-tone there because this is supposed to be like an emotional fight, and Sonya, not Mandy's trying to do a caterpillar after the match, which she fails miserably, which was kind of funny. But it, it was funny, good little comedy moment. Just I didn't think it was the right time to do that, especially after kind of an emotional battle she had with Sonya Deville. B-minus grade for that one. Nothing too special, but still, decent match. Then we get Seth Rollins with Murphy versus Dominic Mysterio with Ray in a street fight. And this felt a little too long, but still, they did great storytelling. Dom getting the literal, literal crap beaten out of him. Seth Rollins getting the literal crap beat out of him with the kendo stick. Ray having to watch his son get beat down by Seth Rollins while he's handcuffed to the rope. Ray's mom, not Ray's mom, but Dominic's mom coming down to ringside and Seth almost attacking her. I like that Seth actually did a little tribute to the 1997 uh, Eddie Guerrero, Ray Mysterio match. He did that with his tights. He had similar tights to what Ray had during that match, that historic match at Halloween Havoc 1997 with Eddie Guerrero. Dominic, he did really good here. Really good. And Seth Rollins shows why he is one of the best in the world. Even though I disagree with his opinion sometimes, he is one of the best in the world at what he does, and he showed it right here. And Dominic more than held his own in his first match with Seth Rollins. He hit a, he did a couple of frog splashes that looked eerily similar to Eddie Guerrero. And 15 years earlier, you know, Dominic was up, uh, up above the ring, really his custody where Ray and uh, Eddie battled for the custody of Dominic in a ladder match at SummerSlam 05. Everything comes full circle. Ray having to watch his son get stomped at the end of a match was rough. And you know what? That's what it was supposed to be. And this was a really good match. Dominic and Seth Rollins. Credit to both of them. They looked really good. Seth carrying the action. Dom following along and more than holding his own with Seth Rollins, taking a beating at times during this. I'm going to give it an A-. Then we get Sasha Banks defending her Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Bailey accompanies her ringside, and Asuka is selling the knee injury. Sasha is hamming it up, making fun of Asuka. And this match was pretty darn good. They had a pretty darn good match here. And they didn't even get the same amount of time as Seth Rollins and Dominic. Seth Rollins and Dominic went a little too long, in my opinion. They went over 22 minutes, I think it was. This guy, I think about 13 or so. But these both, the both Asuka and Sasha Banks, those two can create magic together. And there were some spots in there I've never even seen before. So Asuka was facing Sasha on the second rope, and she hit a second rope DDT. I have never, ever seen that. And there was one nasty spot where I thought Asuka was literally knocked out. I thought she was on another planet at that point. The sunset flip powerbomb from the apron to the floor, that thud of Sasha's head to the floor was so hard, it hurt me. 
I swore she was concussed. I'm like, how is she not concussed after that? Because she, her head whiplash on the floor and the sound that it made was, oh my goodness. But the big portion of this match was the latter portion, the late portion of it. Because Bailey's hyping up Banks in the corner. She's getting her hyped up. After she misses the frog splash, Sasha then runs in and gets caught in the Oscar lock momentarily. Banks reverses it into a cover and transitions into the bank statement. Banks kicks the ropes and Asuka reapplies the Oscar lock. Banks escapes again. Big kick to the midsection by Asuka. Running hip attack by Asuka misses. But Bailey, but unlike Sasha, Bailey moves. And Asuka hits a spinning back fist on Bailey and knocks her off the apron. Banks rolls through, but Asuka gets in the Asuka lock once again, and right before she taps out, screams for Bailey. This was fantastic. And this actually had a great payoff. In all reality, this should have happened last month. This should have happened at the horror show. This is what should have happened the last month, but WWE, as they usually do, has to elongate stuff longer than what it needs to be. But at least they did the payoff here, finally, and we are getting closer and closer to the inevitable Sasha and Bayley feud. And if you want to see the history of the Sasha and Bayley feud or see the untold on the Sasha and Bayley NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2015 match. Watch The Untold. It's pretty darn good. But this match here was pretty good. Actually, fantastic match with a great payoff. I love the innovative move, the transitions, and the fantastic psychology throughout this match. It's just this should have happened a month ago. And we might be getting Bailey and Sasha finally. I know I've been saying this. I've been beating this like a dead horse. This feud should have happened two years ago. They need to do it now, but they're going to wait as long as they can. They want fans in there to do it, which I understand. But I've grown tired of it. I've grown tired of it. I'm not going to go on any more rants. But still, fantastic match between Asuka and Sasha Banks. It delivered. Asuka's your new Raw Women's Champion. And Banks continues her reputation of not being able to defend titles. So when she does get an opportunity at Bailey and wins the SmackDown Women's Championship, she might get a longer reign. Then we get the semi-main event. Drew McIntyre defending his WWE Championship against Randy Orton. And this was a physical match. This was a physical match between Drew and... And Randy Orton. Randy Orton playing mind games early on with Drew McIntyre. He attacks the shoulder of Drew McIntyre early on. But also would later on attack the knee of Drew McIntyre. And really good stuff from both of these guys. I didn't like the finish as much, but I get it he outsmarted Randy Orton he ended up winning with a backslide which you never ever see it's just WWE as Simon Miller of what culture wrestling would say 
the surprise roll up or the backslide or whatever is used way too often, way too often. But this leaves the door open for another match at payback. And I'd like to see more of this feud. I'm going to give this match a B really good match between the two, but I think they can do better. I'm not a big fan of Orton's style. I like the methodical stuff, but it's sometimes way too slow for me. They got to pick it up at certain points, but I actually, and I, though I didn't like the finish, I did like the trading of the moves, the countering of each move, each finishing move late in the match, and I like that they actually protect protected finishers here, because if one of those guys hits their finisher, it's over. But yeah, B grade for this match. I liked it. Leads to another match. I liked the selling by Drew. B grade. And then we get a video showing that Keith Lee is heading to Raw tomorrow night, explaining his NXT TakeOver title loss. Then Braun Strowman defending his Universal Championship against The Fiend in a Falls Count Anywhere match. This is physical. They fight into Gorilla, where it seems like no one actually is. Bray hits a Sister Abigail in there. A little disappointed that they didn't play into the Alexa Bliss portion. The Alexa Bliss stuff they did the last month at the horror show. And the weird thing about this show was, this is more extreme than the horror show. This show was more extreme. So weird. Bray almost, I swear, breaks his back on a pow- on a chokeslam attempt on the announce table because Braun chokeslammed him and Bray went freaking middle of the back first on the, the announce table. They fight throughout the back. They fight through Gorilla. They come back to up the, mat, the ring. Bray, Braun eventually exposes the ring mat, not the ring mat, but the boards underneath the uh, ring mat and uh, padding after he hit a power slam on The Fiend, Sister Abigail, a couple of times. And The Fiend wins the title. But immediately following that, Roman Reigns returns. You won't see it coming, and I guess this is what we got. Roman Reigns returning with veneers and all. He looked like a vicious badass, I'll give him that. He attacks the Fiend post-match and Braun Strowman, just destroying both of them. And this is a badass Roman Reigns. We've been wanting this Roman Reigns for quite a while. Hopefully it's a heelish Roman Reigns, the one we've been clamoring for for quite a while. Hopefully we get it. And But on the match, on the match front, I personally like this. I like this better than anything they've done so far this year. Braun and Bray. This was easily their best match of the three. Wasn't a huge fan of the cinematic match they did, the Swamp match. Wasn't a big fan of the match they did with uh, Firefly Funhouse Bray. But this was easily the best match they've had. I'm going to give it a B. And I like that Roman Reigns came back. That was cool. Surprise return. Overall, for SummerSlam 2020, this 
was pretty solid. I'm gonna give it a B grade, which means I'm gonna stick with the WWE Network for at least another pay-per-view. I really liked the Dom-Seth match along with the Asuka-Sasha match. Those two matches were easily the best on the shows. And all I ask for WWE, all I ask from WWE is to have logical booking, which was fantastic. A missing portion was Retribution. I think they should have played off of that a little bit more. They should have gotten them involved in something during this pay-per-view since they've been hyping them up so much. But still, booking was logical throughout this pay-per-view, which was what I was asking. Why can't we get this every single month is the question. Because they are capable of putting on good shows. They have the talent. It's just the creative that needs to coincide with the talent. But really, solid show, best WWE pay-per-view in months. In months. I'm going to give it a B grade. What did you think of SummerSlam? Let me know your thoughts on Twitter, at SigDaddyWrestle. And make sure to listen to me next week. I will have my payback review up on Monday for you. It's crazy to think that WWE is doing another pay-per-view right after SummerSlam. It should be interesting. I'll be giving you my thoughts and takes on that here next Monday. Also, stay tuned. I'll have new content coming to you the following Monday. It'll be a week, the weekend review. It won't be me going over shows and giving you my takes on the shows. It'll be giving, it will be me giving you my takes on what's happening in the professional wrestling world, the latest storylines, giving you my thoughts on those, giving you my thoughts on what's going on with Impact Wrestling, WWE, AEW, all of that jazz, and the big news topics of the week. So stay tuned for that. It won't be this coming Monday. It will be the following Monday. Be ready for that. And you'll be able to find all of this content on my podcast, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Google Podcast, and many other podcasting platforms. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thanks for listening, and so long, everybody.